This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. I know they've had consular access, but it troubles me uh, that they haven't had any access to legal counsel. But, uh, but as I said, we, we, have, uh, we have had the Prime Minister and now two ministers of foreign affairs who've made it their top priority. All right, welcome back to the show. Mike Smith in for Simi today. That's the voice of David Lametti. He's Canada's federal minister of justice speaking today on the first anniversary of the detention of the two Michaels by China, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig. They were seized by Chinese authorities exactly one year ago today. Michael Kovrig is a former diplomat. He had been working as a conflict mitigation consultant. Michael Spavor was a, a, another consultant who had arranged business travel to North Korea. They were seized one year today by Chinese authorities and later charged with espionage. Both detentions were seen as revenge for the Canada's arrest on fraud charges of Meng Wanzhou, uh, the Huawei finance, chief financial officer. One year later, now China is hinting at upcoming trials for these two Canadians. Uh, we will see what happens with them in the days ahead. Let's check in now with Joanna Chu, Bureau Chief of Star Vancouver. She is a friend of Michael Kovrig. And Joanna, I'm very pleased to welcome you back to the show. Hi. Hi, Mike. Okay, I remember talking to you about a mm-hmm. year ago when Michael Kovrig was arrested in China. And tell me a little bit about uh, how you know him. Yeah, well, when we talked a year ago, I was very shocked. And I guess I just went into a mode where I just wanted to talk about it to make sure that people, you know, care and notice. And at least, at the very least, it seems like one year later, Canadians have not forgotten about the two Michaels. It's actually become like there's surveys I've been showing that the two Canadian men, detention in China is a major factor in how Canadians now view uh, the Chinese government, and it's gotten way more negative. So it's nice, at least as a friend of his, um, to see that people care all over the world. Where did, how did you get to know Michael Kovrig? Um, so as a journalist in Beijing, about five years ago, I think Michael and I both arrived in Beijing pretty much around the same time. So when you're new to a city... Um, it's nice to have friends who are similarly very interested in going out to events and getting to know the Chinese culture in Beijing. So uh, we were in the same friends group and we made um, efforts to, you know, go out to uh, concerts and uh, Michael hosted um, parties at his apartment where he would hire bands. So he was quite a music lover and very social. And, you know, he took the time to get to know different people and to try to, invite new friends and meet different friends. So he was quite a connector in that way. So pretty much everyone I know in Beijing knows him. Have you been able to connect with anybody in China, Joanna, that are, is aware of where he's being kept or the conditions that he's in or, or, or if he's been able to communicate with anyone? Um, we hear some things, like journalists try to hear um, some little things from uh, Canadian diplomats who have some knowledge of the situation, but there's not much that we know. He's basically kept in isolation, same as Michael Spavor, for a whole year. Um, 
for a while, I was hearing things that I wasn't able to substantiate, like whether he was able to have access to reading material or his glasses for reading. Um, so little things like that were pretty much as a friend, you don't have much hope about what his condition, but little things like, does he have books to read? Like that's something um, his friends and family uh, try to figure out. But um, he doesn't have access to a lawyer. The whole year he hasn't had access to a lawyer. And wow. only some... Um, Maybe every few months he gets to see uh, a Canadian consulate official. What was your reaction when you, when he, you first heard that he was arrested and facing accusations or charges of espionage? What were your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Well, I covered human rights in China for European media, so I you know I wrote about countless cases where it's always very vague. Anytime it's national security, it's often code for this is a political prisoner this is a political matter um and the way that chinese legal system works is that when something's like about national security police can um function in a way where it doesn't look anything like the canadian legal system they can keep people indefinitely um interrogate them and deny them access to uh, legal representation um which to us would seem very strange but i think the way um how public the cases have been have made a lot of people around the world wake up that the system in, in China is nothing like the international legal system. Um, and it's not only two men who are detained there, um, likely for political reasons. There's hundreds um, of Canadians detained for different reasons. There's hundreds of foreign nationals detained. Um, and some of them are political and some of them are retaliatory. Canada's been under even more pressure. The, the pressure hasn't let up from Beijing. Um, the, I think partly it's because Washington has been quite tough on China and has been passing bills to try to counter some human rights abuses in China, such as suggesting sanctions. And just um, this week, um, China's new ambassador to Canada threatened really firm countermeasures if our parliament does something similar, if our parliament adopts a bill that calls for sanctions over human rights abuses. So... Um, the pressure is remaining on Canada, and so far we haven't really seen the Canadian government make firm um, statements um, and as far as the type of legal action. So it seems like analysts are saying that Canada is trying to bide its time, knowing that if it makes a decision like whether to ban Huawei from our 5G network, um, this would... This would put um, the detainee's um, situation in jeopardy. So we haven't seen a lot of decisions that we thought would be coming, like whether to ban Huawei or not. Speaking to Joanna Chu, she's the Bureau Chief of Star Vancouver. She's also a friend of Michael Kovrig. She's a former foreign correspondent in Beijing. On the one-year anniversary of Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor being seized by Chinese uh, officials, do you think, Joanna, that the arrest of Meng Wanzhou, the Huawei executive, clearly it seemed to be a retaliatory detention of these two Canadians after she was arrested here. What do you think it's going to take to get to free them? China is now indicating that they will face trial. Do you think that this would require some sort of a prisoner swap? Like if Canada returned Meng Wanzhou to China, would they release the two Michaels? I think that's what Beijing officials have actually clearly said um, yeah. 
they want Hmong released um, as a pretty much a condition for releasing the Michaels. And we shouldn't also forget about Robert Schellenberg, who was initially sentenced to 15 years in prison in China for drug smuggling charges. But just some, you know, days after Hmong was arrested, his he had a one-day um, retrial, and he was sentenced to, to death. Like, he got yes. the death sentence. Yes. So people say, on one hand, it's hostage-taking diplomacy for the two Michaels, and then for Schellenberg, it's a death sentence diplomacy. So this has been clear over the months that Beijing is trying to go for this type of... Um, kind of these threats to to get Canada to release Hmong. Um, she's very rewritten um, about how, why she's such a big deal. She's very symbolic of um, China's rise on the global stage because Huawei is such a huge company that's been very financially successful. Um, so they're kind of, she's like a, considered kind of like a princess. Like she's a symbol of China's rise on the world stage. So they want her back in China. And Canada has said it's a matter for the courts. Um, the issue with what's happening is that extradition trials, especially when she has so many very expensive lawyers, is that it could go on for a long, long time. We estimate from our interviews with uh, legal experts that it could take up to a decade. So in that time, who knows what will happen with the Canadians in China. Just, uh, just got one minute left, Joanna. One year since your friend Michael Kovrig was detained in China, if he could hear your voice now, what would you want to what would you want to say to him? I, I doubt that he has any access to outside uh, media, but I guess he may not know that a lot of people care, including people who are complete strangers. Um, their cases have really touched a lot of Canadians and seem to have waken up a lot of Canadians about. Um, what Canada is dealing with in, in the Chinese government. So the people still are following and paying attention, I think that might give him some um, some solace. Joanna, you've done a great job in the story. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Joanna Chu, she is the Bureau Chief of Star Vancouver, former foreign correspondent in Beijing. She knew Michael Kovrig in China before he was detained by Chinese officials one year ago today.